This is your host, Pete Moore, and I am pleased and humbled to announce the launch of my one and only book, Time to Win Again, 52 Takeaways from Playing and Watching Team Sports to Ensure Your Business Success. Those of you who know me personally and anyone who listens to Halo Talks for any length of time know that I am an avid sports fan and a big believer in the value of team sports. What I've seen over the past 25 years helping businesses grow, raising capital, being an entrepreneur myself, and coaching and mentoring executives in the sector, it's the lessons learned on the field perfectly apply to business. Entrepreneurs, executives, managers, you name it. Every company that's a strong company has got a good team. It's a quick read. There's awesome illustrations in there from our good friend, Mark, and cruelty-free cartoons. If you go to integritysq.com, enter your email address, and we will send you information on the book and the Entrepreneur's Survival Kit as well. Be great. Take names. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, Dallas, Texas. I have the absolute pleasure of bringing on a industry legend and one of our guiding forces, Dr. Cooper from the Cooper Institute. He is age 90 and looks not a day older than 55. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like I'm 90. Other days I feel like I'm younger. But I have been blessed, marvelously blessed over the last uh, many years. We started our center in Dallas. Um, 51 years ago. Combination of a fitness center and a clinic. It's one of the few fitness centers in America, if not the world, that has combined a medical clinic and a fitness center on the same campus, a 30-acre campus here. And so we've been able to provide medically prescribed and supervised exercise programs. As a result of that, we have some of the best safety records in the world. We've had millions of miles of our tracks, millions of exercise hours, our classes, and yet we've only had one fatality in all those years, and yet uh, this was a man who was probably having some heart attack before he even came, uh, it, it, it came to work out. But this, considering the fact that our average age of our members is 48 years, a lot of people are in cardiac rehabilitation programs, mm-hmm. well, I think it's amazing that we've been so safe. So that's been our number one goal, is to make exercise safe and effective. So when you started in the industry, obviously you were a, a trailblazer, um, and the growth of the industry is now finally caught up I'd say with with your vision, where do you see the ecosystem of fitness, healthcare, you know, well-being, insurance companies? Are you seeing those converge, or are you still thinking that we're kind of all running down somewhat parallel paths? I'm trying my best to make my recommendations available to people all over the world. The books 19 are published in 42 languages, so to a great extent, we're all over the world. I was honored on my 90th birthday, March the 4th, over 1,300 responses throughout the world, wish me happy birthday happy from 20 birthday. different countries. So we get the message across. But this presentation today to the Ursa meeting, I tried to make it so important that there's no drug can replicate the benefits of an active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I talked about from peer review research that we published in the literature, that such things as following people for a period of 25 years, when they're 50 years of age and came to the clinic, we put them into two categories. Those in the top levels of fitness, good exercise period category for the top 40 percentile, measured by time on the treadmill, age and sex adjusted. Compare those to the bottom category, very poor and poor. Fun for 25 years. The only variable we looked at 
was their level of fitness. They looked at their blood pressure, their cholesterol, their diabetes, with a level of fitness, one thing. And we found that those people in good shape, 25 years later, between 65 and 75 years of age, they had 36% less Alzheimer's and dementia wow. than those in the bottom category. No one's ever proven before you could actually pre prevent Alzheimer's uh, and dementia. One of the favorite statements now I tell this presentation today was cheaper and more effective to prevent disease than to find a cure. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah, yeah not only just I've been things, saying that for I've been saying that for years. And this is true. We yeah. spent billions of dollars trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's with no success. And now with this public story, we can show you can prevent it. And so we're trying to do we also found a 40% reduction in chronic kidney disease requiring dialysis, up to 40% reduction in congestive heart failure. Nine different things we documented based on one thing, level of fitness. And so that should be the key to make health clubs successful. Sure. Because if people can be motivated, educated, when people come to our clinic, our goal is twofold. And we come from all over the world. We have 150,000 patients in our database. And 52% are corporate sponsored and 74% returned patients. We have a database now of over a million persons of follow-up from which we've published over 600 papers proving, in peer-reviewed journals, proving that exercise is medicine. So if people can come to our clinic, our goal is to educate them and motivate them, as well as provide the most comprehensive examination in America. We're ranked number two in America. The type of examination we do, only behind the Cleveland Clinic. Mm -hmm. We're number two and Duke is number three, Johns Hopkins is number four, the medical clinic is number five. But we see more patients than they do, any of those do that, because that's all we do. They told me uh, 51 years ago, you can't limit your practice of medicine even to, even and make ends meet. People see their physicians only when they're well, only when they're sick, not when right. they're well. You can't make ends meet. And I had to borrow money at first, we had a very difficult time getting started, and now we're fantastically successful. Because if people realize they have a need, you provide a service, get the results they want, they'll make you successful. That's why, as I said, 74% of our patients have returned patients. We're proving now, too, that people have been coming to us uh, for 20 years or more in the last 45 years, a 45-year follow-up on 100,000 patients. They've come to the clinic at least 20 times for that period of time. And we'll find they're living 10 years longer than the national average. Our men are living 87.5 years, women 90.5 years. Here I'm 90 years of age, already beyond that point. And we can prove they can do that if they get Cooperized. Right. Eight different things we recommend, everything from body mass index to, uh, to proper nutrition and uh, proper supplementation, proper vitamins, uh, getting the annual examination, a whole series of things we call collectively getting Cooperized. We encourage our people, to, if you can't get involved in all these things, just do at least one other. And the most important one on that list is exercise. You're better off being fit and fat than skinny and sedentary. Yeah, sure. So but, let, let me ask you a question. Do you know, you, you're starting to see a movement inside of these health insurance companies, whether it's, you know, silver sneakers, whether it's like uh, Active, uh, Active Now, um, a lot of these corporate programs are now incentivizing people to go to the gym. Um, and clubs and, and gamifying it. Um, do you think that they were about to hit kind of a, a tidal wave of money that's going to go towards prevention? Because you obviously got a lot of groups out there that, you know, uh, to a pharmaceutical company, uh, a healthy person is not a prospect for, uh, you know, taking a pill. And they've obviously got a lot of money and they spend a lot of money on commercials and they try and convince someone that, hey, just get on this Lipitor which now becomes like a recurring revenue stream for them at 95% gross margin, instead of saying, hey, you're not allowed to take the Lipitor until you go eight weeks into a fitness center or you go get Cooperized. And then let's see if you need the Lipitor. And the latest thing about Lipitor, the statin drugs just came out this last week. There are people that are pre-diabetic 
and they tell you most fat drugs, it accelerates the problem with diabetes, yeah. whether you solve that or not. We've known for years that women on, uh, on statin drugs tend to have more of a problem developing diabetes than men do, but now it's the same. So uh, these, these drugs just aren't as, as safe as we thought they might be. Mm-hmm. And so that's the last resort for my patients because we know with our getting cuprage, majority of people are overweight and active, it improves their lipid profile. We know, as I said in the presentation this morning, that we, we, we had that dramatic reduction, 48% reduction in coronary heart disease, that's coronary heart disease between 1960 and 1990, is because of baby boomers they accepted the concept of taking care of themselves. They quit smoking great numbers. They got the blood pressure under better control. They changed their diets. They controlled stress. All the things we caught from in Cooperage, they did that on their own. Right. And I hope that the books that I wrote starting in 1968 led that movement, which I think they did. As I pointed out in the presentation this morning, back in 1968, when the first book was published, we had less than 100,000 joggers. And the critics of the program said that this is another one of those fitness fads, it won't last. But it was based upon four years of research in the Air Force. I had 27,000 people involved in a program for four years at a five Air Force bases. So I personally went around and ran the 12-minute test with these groups and tried to test them. From that came the aerobics book and the aerobics point system, getting points for endurance type activities. And we, we could theorize, you get 30 points per week, you could reduce that small causes by at least 58%, increase your life expectancy by some six years by just getting 30 points per week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do that by just getting 30 minutes of exercise, collective versus sustained, most days per week. Five days a week, that's 150 minutes of exercise. That's what's recommended by the American College of Sports Medicine. They're so simple things like this, get that message across. People think that their health is the physician's responsibility, the government's responsibility. And with socialized medicine on the forefront now, you're going to find the quality of meth care is going to go in reverse. It's going down. I think, and we have found with the COVID epidemic, they claim it's 30-pound increase in weight just during the COVID epidemic in America. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised because we've seen a certain, we were closed for a while at the clinic and the fitness center. And during the month of April, we closed down completely. But they couldn't even use the center. And people are a little bit hesitant about coming back to the center. On a, on a big day, we'll have 800 to 1,000 people work out at our center. But there now we've come back in great numbers. In fact, the last couple, we've had a record of people coming back to the clinic for examinations. That way they're coming back at all, but they realize that they need to be on top level of fitness to protect themselves against the COVID infection in the future. And the big thing I've been promoting is the importance of vitamin D. Uh, Franklin Graham is a good friend of mine. And I worked with his father 19, in October the 6th, 1974, and I spoke with the Marconi Stadium, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I had the privilege of getting to know him quite well. But his father passed away. But then, uh, meeting Franklin, he, when he came through in January this year, he wanted to put a feature of the feature in their, in their magazine, Decision Magazine, on my life. And the title is God has had his hand on my life. And I mean, without question, I, I think they're in my here today at 90 years of age. And when my medical school class has already died, I'm still around or something. So, but I did have a byline in there on the importance of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Cooper, vitamin D might save your life. That went to, you take that. That went to, no, that went to 8.5 million people around the world. I've been overwhelmed with response. A lot of these people of color. And the reason people of color have a five to seven-fold increase in uh, being hospitalized and a two-fold increased risk of death from people with lighter skin is because they can't manufacture vitamin D because of the melanin in their skin. 
and their bottom-eighty level is very in the single digits, low teens. It should be forty or fifty minus. I checked this week, and it was sixty-eight. And we found with our patients, we've encouraged them to get at least two thousand units a day of vitamin D. And we found by doing that, we brought their levels of our patients up from thirty to forty-two. And that's the level where we see protection for coronavirus. In one of the articles I have published in Decision Magazine, do I need to keep taking vitamin D if I've been immunized? The answer is yes, you need that. Sure. Because that's adding things, one plus one equals three. Yeah. You need to do that too. You need to talk the vitamin D, you need all the recommendations being made about, about COVID. But you, because there's going to be coronaviruses in the future. We've had one by sure. five years. Yeah. But you can prevent that. If we get that message around the world and people listening to us now, that you ought to get your vitamin D measured, find out what it is. If you can't get it measured, expensive, just start taking 2,000 units a day. You might be surprised to see how impact that could have, particularly in people of color. Yeah. So you're 90 years old. Um, you're extremely healthy. Do you have any supplements that you've taken for the last several years? Like I take spirulina. I take a, a vitamin, multivitamin pack. What's like one of the secrets on the, on, okay, on the food routine, supply side? My routine is I've been taking vitamin D. I take... Uh, of 7,000 units a day. Wife does the same thing. Her vitamin D level was uh, was in the vitamin 80s. Vitamin D? Vitamin D. That's D3. Yeah. And that's okay, so we D3. don't take D2, but take D3. We have our own products, but you can get over the internet. You get 5,000 units of vitamin D, and it costs you a nickel a day. So it's so cheap to get that. So that's 5,000 units of vitamin D. Our, our patients are routinely take 2,000 units of vitamin D. Is that the only supplement you take? That's the only vitamin? Okay. No, I take, no, no, I take the, I take our basic, we have a basic vitamin product. It's called Cooper Complete. And it's one that we did original research. We spent millions of dollars on that. And I take four twice a day of our of vitamin. That has 2,000 units of vitamin D. There's all that other routine thing that you need of multiple vitamins. On top of that, I take the 5,000 units of vitamin D that gives me 7,000 units a day. I do that every day. Gotcha. But then, how, how many years have you been doing that for? I've been doing that for many years, probably 10 to 15 years at least. Uh, but then uh, we started our vitamin product about 25 years ago. But then I take the joint health. And that's the glucosamine and chondroitin. I take two twice a day. Because uh, I broke my Joint health? Joint health. That's glucosamine and chondroitin. There's all different versions of that you can buy it over the counter. But our product is called Joint Health. A study was done in, in Europe several years ago. They looked at people with osteoarthritis of the knees. And they had a, a double blind study in which some people took a placebo, others took the Joint Health. They followed them by MRI scans for a period of, of two years, every six months. And those who took the Joint Health, they found it stabilized the joint space. And they had, they had a de decrease in pain. Those who did take the joint health, they lost joint space and had an increase in pain. What, what, is a, what does a supplement do? Is it it, it like lubricates the joint and, and stimulates the growth of new cartilage. That's oh, what gotcha. it does. So I've been taking that for years after I broke my leg skiing. Yeah. When I broke my leg skiing, I had to have surgery. What, they, what, what, what mountain clip, were you on? It was a, what, what level? I was, double diamond? No, it was a double diamond. I was speaking of skiing on a black. I've been skiing 52 years. Never had an injury until I broke my leg skiing. I wiped that out. It's probably something. It wasn't you. Into. It wasn't you. It must have been some obstacle or something. Oh, yeah. Right? I did a hobstacle. That's right. Yeah. Hit a rock or a twig or something tumbled yeah. down the mountain. Yeah. Kind of interesting that uh, I was up about well, a quarter mile away from the mid-mountain there where my wife had gone to lunch. And when I got up, it took me. I was on a steep slope, so it took me about 10 minutes to get my ski back on. <laughs> and I skied on down there. One-legged one skier? Oh, no, yeah, I was skiing on both legs. And I had a lot of, a lot of discomfort. It wasn't that bad. I, well, I, I stumbled into the lodge to my wife. I'll see you at the bottom. I've hurt my leg. I think I don't think there's anything serious. So I, told, I went down the chair lift. 
I'm from the halfway mountain there. It's Beaver Creek, Colorado. I got to the chairlift and we have a home there at Beaver Creek. And I called the uh -huh. daughter, I think. By the time I got to my home and we had a steep driveway that was very icy. And here I started my skis, my heavy boots. And I had to get down that steep highway and get in and call the hospital. Oh, wow. They had me in the hospital ride, went up with me the next day. But the point, but the pain level was like uh, 10 by the time I got to the- Oh my gosh. But, but no, I think the- So one, one broken leg is, uh, in, in all those years, that's yeah, not Yeah, that's bad. one broken not leg, bad. and that's the only not major bad. problem I've had. But I think the endorphin level that I got from skiing is actually what gave me, because that's the body's response to pain. And that's why the famous story of the Boston Marathon, that this guy that, that had, was running the Boston Marathon, and he got to seven miles of the, the, the Framingham level. And since I've run it twice, I know it well. Mm -hmm. He thought he'd step on a swig or a stick, and, uh, but he, he heard something sad. He had a little pain discomfort, didn't think much about it. But then he kept running. And so uh, he kept running and finished it in under three hours. And as soon as he finished, he collapsed. They took him in and they did an x-ray and found he had broken his leg and run and had run 15 miles on a broken oh leg my. at that time. How could he possibly have done that? The answer is stupidity. Stupidity. But the truth of the matter is exactly. that the endorphin levels were so high. The body just shut, shut down. The body the, shut down. He didn't feel the pain. Yeah. So that's why people, emergencies, when they have a fire, take a refrigerator out of their house, they couldn't possibly do that because the endorphin effect you do. Yeah, right? we see somebody pick me. up a car, you know. You're like, yeah, they oh, do that. Know. But that happened to me after I broke my leg. I think it's the reason I was able to get that. But the interesting thing, too, my, I had a shatter of the Sibio Plateau. And there's uh, a little spot in the center that they couldn't, uh, they couldn't do much about it except try to glue it in. So after that, later on, I had uh, another MRI on my scan, and they found that divot, that, that it was the divot there. And so I said, let me see if the closeman can draw it to him what helped it. And so after going to the closeman, I can get back on that after working my leg, and six months later, that had healed up. Wow. So I generated so you're your own, you're your own uh, clinical trial. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I, had, I, re, I had regenerated new cartilage. Wow. And, felt that I, and so I'm still, I don't run anymore. But interesting thing, too, when I had the x-ray, the MRI on my scan of my knees, they wanted to scan the other knee that was normal. And here I'd run 40 years, 38,000 miles, Boston Marathon twice, Walter Marathons, and all that. And they told me my left knee looked like a teenager. No osteoarthritis at all. Nice. And my point is, people were about getting- You got to put your knee on, like, Instagram, have its own, like, Cooper knee. It's oh, like its Cooper own account. Knee. Well, I've been telling people that the reason you get osteoarthritis and in the hip is you exaggerate a pre-existing condition. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a pre-existing condition, it's probably going to help you benefit from getting osteoarthritis in the hip. And so we've noticed that. We try to promote that, too. Because you're, these are things we've discovered over the years in our research. And our research is trying to make exercise safe and effective. I want to take a minute and tell our audience about two awesome workout recovery products I've been using for the last 18 months from HigherDose.com, leader in infrared technology for athletes like all of us are. We're an investor in the company. That's not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because it works. You got an infrared sauna blanket. I hop in there, I'll listen to some podcasts, burn 800 calories, get a mad detox, and a PEMF, which is a pulsed electromagnetic field crystal mat that I lay on and I recalibrate my cells to the normalized level of the earth. If you got somebody you like and you're looking for a pretty awesome gift, they will love it. You could use this code HALO75, get $75 off and you will not be disappointed. Hiredose.com, promo code HALO75. 75, and now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program.
So how, um, sw switching gears, because I want to get your opinion, you've got a lot of these watches, the Apple Watch, you've got the Whoop, you've got a Ring. Uh, which one's that? Fitbit. The Fitbit? Yeah. Are you at the Cooper Institute now basically remotely monitoring people through their devices? And how much has that kind of changed people understanding themselves and getting excited about their own data? Well, if we get data drives decisions without question, data drives decisions. Yeah. I know we're trying to get fitness gram testing in the state of Texas, and I had difficulty getting this in for children from the third to the 12th grade. And uh, they, in fact, they want to do that because they want the government involved. We tried to get the funding to do that and couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But I'm raising money myself. We got it in. But the piece that I said, we got to have data to prove success of the program. Sure. Why do they measure for math and science and reading? Why do they take tests to monitor improvement? You have to admit, I don't want, them, I don't want my, the government involved in, the, in any involved with my child. I know what's good for my child. Yes, you do what's good, but you failed miserably. We have an obese epidemic, an obese epidemic. When I see a kid with childhood diabetes, I'm like ashamed. It's, it's, I'm it's ashamed. ashamed. It's like, come on, why would you let that happen? Yeah, and we're That's seeing, a choice. That's yeah, not a, a condition. We're starting to see it on hepatitis in the liver of these young people that are getting diabetes and as a result of the, and the fat invading the liver. And so that's ridiculous. So I find improved with these people. If you get some testing and we started doing that, get back in 2008, all of a sudden we got results in Texas unparalleled now. So they data dies decision. So have you I, I, want, I want to get him, I, I want to talk to you afterwards about that, getting some of this information to make sure we have that front and yeah, center. Yeah, we get that yeah. in. But again, they having the Fitbit and things of that type to my mind. The new Apple watches, my gosh, you can monitor what you've done, record it and all yeah. that, how fast you're doing. I'm just satisfied with the number of steps. Now, we thought that, well, of course, 5,000 steps a day is what's recommended, but there's just about two and a half miles of running and 10,000 steps is five miles, at least for me it is. Most people it is. Yeah. But the new study just published last week, you've been talking 3,000 steps a week as has benefits. That's so it, it doesn't yeah. take that much. As I say, our recommendation basically is 30 minutes of exercise, collective or sustained most days for a week. And that's what we've been able to show by doing that, you can increase longevity by up to six years, reduce test small causes by 58%. Mm -hmm. You get to the higher level of fitness, it's nine years increase in longevity and 65% reduction in small causes. And we've proven that in published in scientific literature. Mm -hmm. But people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that that no drug can replicate the benefits of an active lifestyle. They don't want yeah. to hear that. They it don't want to do it. So, They want the pill. Yeah, they see it, they're almost like focused so much on technology and innovation in the biopharmaceutical space that they forget that you actually don't need to find a cure for something if, if we could cure it on our own, right? Let's just cure this so you don't have to go and spend money on that. Let's go focus on things that you don't know what the answer is yet, like, you know, cancer and certain you know, tumors and things of that nature. That's where the money should go. Anything that we know how to prevent, let's just spend the money and, and the education on prevention. I don't, I don't understand what's taking so long. I don't either. <laughs> it's been talking to a blank wall for a lot of years. But I spoke for, I think I've told you, I spoke for members of Congress, so I'll tell yeah. you about that. Uh -huh. And I hope to get that message out through the watch. But it's been a failure. I'm there twice become Surgeon General. They want to make concentrate avian flu and bioterrorism. I want to concentrate on child obesity and diabetes, adult obesity and diabetes, the cost of health care. Now, a study showed that those people fought for 25 years, top levels of their cost of health care was 40% less from yeah. 65 to 75 years of age. I'm telling you, if you can increase your life expectancy by at least... Uh, at least 10 years on the national average. If you reduce Alzheimer's dementia by 36 to 60%, you reduce deaths from, from chronic diseases such as uh, chronic feeding disease and dialysis by at least 40%, because they're at least 50%. Would you be interested in doing that? It doesn't require 
medication. It doesn't yeah. require your physician. It requires what you can do for yourself. You've got to understand that your health is your responsibility. It's a, you don't change people by getting the government involved. You get to change people by getting them involved yeah. in what they can are do. There, this might be a novice question, but are there countries around the world that you've identified where either if you are obese on your own, there's obviously people that have conditions, right? And they take certain medications or have seizures or what have you, and, and they're, they're obese. Or diabetes is a condition that, you know, it might be hereditary or genetic, right? Adults once they diabetes isn't hereditary. That's lifestyle. Okay. So are there countries that have policies that say, hey, look, if this happens by your own accord, either we're not paying for it and you're paying for it out of pocket or, you know, you're not at the front of the line because you've caused this not me. This isn't my emergency because you've, you've treated yourself and self-destructed. Now I have to fix you. Yeah. Are there any countries that have no, that no, kind no. of like punitive no. policy? Even trying to get insurance covered. Even trying to get insurance companies to cover the cost for examination, they won't do that. I, I just, trying to get physicians to promote to preventive medicine. Well, first of all, they said on how to do it because they aren't taught anything about exercise physiology in medical school. They aren't taught anything about nutrition in medical school. What I learned about nutrition and exercise, I learned at Harvard School of Public Health. Yeah. A master's of public health, the second year I worked with my doctor exercise physiology. I got that. Harvard School of Public Health, we were told back in the old days, I was there for two years. What will a very good friend of mine, one of the top nutritionists in the world. And I said, how much nutrition education do the Harvard medical students get? And here, one of the world's phenomena, as far as nutrition is concerned, right across the aisle, right across the street from Harvard Medical School, he said they get only six months in their freshman year, and it's optional. Oh. How much do you get exercise physiology? Nothing. What we're teaching and preaching is exercise first, how much is up, how much is too much, nutrition, uh, and stress management, all these various things we call getting Cooper. So that's where we have success, and people are coming back. We don't have to advertise. We've got more people than we can handle. So we broke it. We bridged that gap between fadism and scientific legitimacy. You exercise the price of medicine, and our results are too impressive to be ignored. Amazing. Well, Dr. Cooper, it's been a pleasure having you on. I appreciate everything you've done for the industry. Let me finish with one thing, though. Please do. This came out in the Mayo Clinic just this week, a special report on Parkinson's disease. And Parkinson's mm. is like Alzheimer's sure. dementia. And I was fascinated to see they read this. They said this, take care of your body. The only treatment to possibly help slow the progression of Parkinsonism is exercise. Exercise. Why can't We're we gonna leave that on class? that note. We have a Parkinsonism program at our, our fitness center, a dance class. They have boxing classes. And keep this in mind, too, that if you get on prescription drugs to control pain after surgery, just seven days of taking prescription opioids is likely to increase the risk of being addicted to it. Sure, sure. And we know now, too, just released this last June, that people have low vitamin D levels, less than 20. The tendency to get addicted to opioid drugs just accelerates. Wow. So if people got to start measuring their vitamin D, start getting vitamin D supplementation, and we can change the world as far as COVID is concerned, as yeah. far as longevity is concerned, if people listen to what they've heard today. Well, thank you for coming on. Everyone, you are now officially Cooperized. Take the torch that he has lit and run with it. Thank you for coming on Halo Talks, and uh, we will carry on everything you want us to. So thank you. Thank you.